1: Your mouth has the same type of system where if you eat cranberries, the substance will stick to the teeth and help prevent the bacteria. So it will help prevent you from having too much bad bacteria in your mouth, causing bad breath.
2: Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll take a new look at probiotics. We'll find out how peanuts provide cognitive benefits and reduce stress in young adults. We'll discuss cooking with cranberries. And lastly, we'll explore the Pine River Foundation. But first, a little bit of business. Is joint pain keeping you from enjoying your favorite activities? New Roots Herbal can help. Whether it's reducing acute pain and chronic inflammation or rebuilding worn-down cartilage, discover joint pain relief, Inflaheal, plus and chondroitin glucosamine from New Roots Herbal. Only the highest quality natural ingredients tested for purity and potency in an ISO-accredited lab. Available exclusively at your local health food store. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Andrea Donsky is a registered holistic nutritionist with 20 years of experience in natural health and wellness. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of naturallysavvy.com and a regular contributor to this show. Welcome back Andrea, how you doing?
3: I'm doing great, Jamie. Thanks for having me back. Always love chatting with you.
2: Yeah, me as well. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm waking up in darkness, <laughs> and I'm you know the late night dog walk is like it's no longer in daylight. The days are getting shorter, and very so subtly, it's getting colder at night, and we're heading into you know cold and flu season, right? We
3: are. You know, I, I was just telling my husband the other day. I'm like, "What? It's so early. How come it's so dark?" <laughs> So yeah, I have noticed.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've all noticed. So, so, um, what are some tips that you can recommend to prepare ourselves? And, and I guess in particular, the, the the immune system for the impending colder weather.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, as a nutritionist for over 15 years now, I always want to start with diet. Yep. So, making sure we're eating a whole foods diet, and I don't know if people realize the importance or enough of the importance of really having that good diet that whole foods diet and its impact on our health because really our bodies are designed to understand what we're eating and when we're eating foods that are whole foods minimally processed foods our bodies know what to do with it our organs understand what to do with it and that really helps to keep us healthy but you know really paying attention and removing ultra processed foods those are foods that have been processed to the point where health experts are like yeah this isn't food anymore (laughs) it's had its nutrition removed its fiber removed that would say i'd say that's a really important place to start to start with your diet and nutrition Mm -hmm. i look at how much food you're eating because sugar can suppress the immune system how much fiber are you getting in a day because fiber is important it helps to move things along the colon and remove things from our body that is no longer that no longer serves our body right so that i'd say from you know starting from diet nutrition it's really crucial Then I'd say we want to look at our stress levels. Lifestyle plays a huge role when it comes to stress and immunity. So making sure that we're looking at our stress levels and trying to stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system. So that's the part of our nervous system that helps us to relax. And many of us, or most of us, live in sympathetic most of the time. But if we can stimulate that parasympathetic, well, that's going to allow us to relax. It's going to allow us to just chill a little bit more. So how do we do that? Well, walks in nature, laughing, deep breathing, spending time with animals, all of that makes a difference.
2: Get a dog.
3: Exactly. I just My, got a puppy a couple of weeks ago. Well, there you yeah, go. Dog, you know, makes a difference. And then supplements, you know, supplements can really help too, like taking vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, probiotics, magnesium, you know, oregano oil, black seed oil, aged garlic, all of these can really help to support our, our immune systems as we get into the colder weather.
2: Sounds good. So, you know, you, you sort of gave us a little bit of an overview there. Do you want to dig into perhaps some of these nutraceuticals and some of these other ideas in a little more depth? What do you think?
3: Yeah, listen. That's my passion. Supplements are my passion, and and you know, and I love that you're even going there because, as a nutritionist, I often hear a lot. You know, we don't need supplements. We don't need to take them, and. My take is always, well, we do need supplements. Absolutely, we can't out-supplement nutrition. Nutrition, number one, which is how we started off the interview. Yep. But the key is, we, I really truly believe that we need to supplement our diet because we're not getting the nutrients we need, enough of it, from the soil. We know the World Health Organization said themselves, we don't have enough minerals and vitamins in our soil. So that's when supplementation comes in. So there are certain supplements that we should be taking on a regular basis. Now, you're talking about supplements that I referred to earlier, For example, vitamin D. There's amazing research on vitamin D and our immune system. But here's a tidbit. I'm not sure if you know this, Jamie, or you probably do, but I'm not sure if a lot of your listeners know this, is that when you're taking vitamin D, that you actually need to take it with vitamin K2. And the reason for that is that it helps to improve our absorption of the vitamin D. The other thing is, is research shows that when you take them both together, that we get added protection for our bones and our heart. So these are things that, you know, taking into account when we are supplementing our diet, that it's like, okay, great. I'm going to take my vitamin D. I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm taking it with my K2. You can buy it together in one supplement, or you can actually take them separately, but just making sure you're taking them at the same time. You know, both of them, it, that, that to me... That's a little tidbit that many of us may not understand or know. I mean, the only caveat with, with K2 is that if you're on blood thinners, you want to speak to your doctor about taking K because it helps to clot your blood. But for the most part, you know, that's an important tidbit and a tool for our toolbox.
2: So I, I take vitamin D every day. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, I hadn't. I actually started in COVID. But as the days get shorter, of course, you know, it's it's the sunshine vitamins. So you have to, you know, if you, we're not getting enough exposure to the sunlight here in, in the Northern Hemisphere. So you have to supplement with vitamin D, no matter who you are, if you're living in Toronto. That's true. Yeah, I agree. That's a fact. So I take it in pill form. What do you do?
3: So I love it in like in a capsule form. And I also like to take it in powder form. So I can take it both ways. And I know a lot of people says you know, if, if you have, let's say, pill fatigue or you can't swallow a pill, yep. you can take it in, in a powder form. And it, there are so many, you know, th- like there are flavors that are added to magnesium that make it taste really good. Okay. So, you know, to me, you know, taking a magnesium would be in terms of taking, you know, you can do a capsule, you can do an actual powder.
2: I I take these, the magnesium I take are like in these horse pills, which I have to say, like I can can do it. But if there were other ways to take the magnesium, I would be very open to consider them. That's, that is for sure.
3: Yeah. Try a powder and it works great. It gets absorbed into the bloodstream. I mean, or even a capsule, you don't, you don't need to take it in a horse pill by any means.
2: Okay. And not literally horse pills. I'm being dramatic for, for, (laughs) for comedic effect. So why would somebody take magnesium? What's the benefit?
3: Okay. So first of all, I love magnesium. So It's used in over 400 different body processes, including our heart, our brain, and our muscle function. And it gets depleted when we're stressed. And when we're stressed, we actually deplete magnesium from our body. So it becomes this vicious cycle. And statistics show that about 70 to 80% of us are depleted in magnesium. So it's important that we get enough on a regular basis. So, ways that you can tell if you're depleted, and my body tells me, when I'm depleted in magnesium, <laughs> it's like, oh, right, 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 there are those eye twitches, or there are those, like, my leg cramps, you know, I get, like, restless legs in bed, or muscle aches, or headaches, or low energy, or even heart palpitations. Like, our body has a way of telling us when we need more magnesium. Mm-hmm. So. To me, listening to your body is important, but also just making sure that you're taking it on a regular basis is important. And there's different types of magnesium. So I always say for people who aren't currently taking magnesium is to start, and when it comes to supplementation, is to start with a magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate. It's another way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that it's attached to the amino acid glycine, and glycine helps to relax us. So you can take it in the morning, or you can even take it for, for, before bed, and it'll help you sleep better. And there's also like malate for energy or citrate that helps you go to the bathroom. So we talked about before making sure we're getting enough fiber. If you're not going to the bathroom or you're not going often enough, this taking magnesium citrate is great because it'll help you go to the bathroom. Or magnesium eight crosses the blood-brain barrier, so it's really good for cognitive health as well as headaches.
2: Okay. Um, so I think when we were, we were ta- when you were giving the laundry list at the beginning, I think one of the things you touched upon was probiotics. Am I mm-hmm. right about that? Yes, yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. So can you expand on that a bit? What, what are probiotics and how do they fit in?
3: Okay. I love probiotics. So one of my favorite things to talk
2: about. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, li- lucky pro- us. There you go. Lucky
3: us. Well, exactly. Well, probiotics are good bacteria and our like, and in our gut we have for, let's say for the sake of simplicity, we have good and bad bacteria mm-hmm. that live in balance. So we all have good and bad bacteria. But we don't live in a bubble, we live, we live life, mm-hmm. and we're exposed to things like pollution and pesticides and antibiotics, stress, smoking, medications, and all of these can kill off the good bacteria, and what happens when the good bacteria is killed off is that we get an imbalance of the bad to the good now. So now the bad kind of rises and the good goes down, and that's when problems can start to happen. So that's why populating our gut with good bacteria can help keep the not-so-great ones at bay. And now experts are making the connection between the trillions—we have trillions of bacteria in our body, right—and mm-hmm. that live and that live in our gut, and our overall health. It, plays, it all comes together, and it's taking and keeping those bacteria in balance play a very big role when it comes to our overall health. And some bacteria help us digest our food, some produce vitamins, and some support our immune system. So that's why, for me, making sure we're getting in probiotics on a regular basis is really key.
2: Okay. Um, what's the science behind the probiotics?
3: So there, there is a lot of science when it comes to probiotics. And the, there's research on probiotics when it comes to preventing antibiotic-associated associated diarrhea, including diarrhea caused by C. diff, C. difficile, mm-hmm. uh, treatment for infant colic, treatment for periodontal disease, for ma- maintenance and treatment for ulcerative colitis, as well as now we're looking at it, you know, for immunity and even mental health. So there's a lot of Research on probiotics, so it's one of those nutrients that we know have studies behind it.
2: Okay, now I've heard that there are different strains of probiotics. Should should our listeners care about that? Like, is that relevant if they're taking probiotics?
3: Absolutely. So, okay. So the thing about strains is, if you're looking for general or overall health, a multi-strain formula is a great option. Mm-hmm. So, there's about a thousand different species of bacteria that live in our gut. So the key to a healthy microbiome and therefore a healthy body is nourishing these species best we can. If, however, you have a specific need or condition, like let's say, for example, you're traveling and you want to protect against Montezuma's revenge or you have IBS you'll want to look for formulas that target that those specific needs or conditions, right? Or, yeah. you know, if you're going to the hospital for a procedure, you want to look for one that has Saccharomyces boulardii. Or if you just came off a round of antibiotics or you had a colonoscopy and had your system flushed, you'll want to look for one that has higher amounts of CFUs, which is how we measure probiotics in an actual capsule or, or powder. Um, so you can replenish that good bacteria in your intestines. So... They're now also looking at specific probiotics that can help support our mood. So one like Lactobacillus helveticus, which has research behind it to support it. So the label on the probiotics that you're buying will tell you what the probiotics are good for. So taking a multi-strain formula can help replenish different types of bacteria that live in our gut.
2: Okay. Now, can we get the probiotics from our food or, or do we have to supplement?
3: You can definitely get it from both. So, it really depends on what your needs are. So, supplementing will allow for higher dosages, right? Which okay. just makes sense, right? Yeah. So,
2: and, about- yeah, and like the example you gave, like if you just come off a, a round of antibiotics, it's probably a good idea to jumpstart the whole system, you know?
3: Exactly, and it'll allow you to do it with a higher amount, right? Because you can get different dosages in the probiotics. You can get ones that have, you know, 2 billion, 10 billion, uh, you know, or 11 billion or 20 billion or 50 billion or 100 billion or 120 billion, right? So it really depends on what you're looking to supplement and why, and then looking for those condition specific formulas that help to meet those needs. Right. So you can, you know, so you could take it as a, as a capsule or powder, but you can also eat a diet that has um, probiotics in it. So like naturally fermented foods, for example. Those contain good bacteria or probiotics, so like sauerkraut and pickles and kimchi and miso and kefir, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure you're looking for the words naturally fermented on a food label. So you want to make sure that you're getting the getting these foods. Like some pickles that you buy may not have probiotics in it, but if they're naturally fermented, they'll give you those probiotics. And you'll know you'll know too that a lot of the times, let's say if it's in a, a container at the top, it'll start to bubble. You know, it kind of, that top starts to bubble over it. That's yeah. the naturally fermented process. You know, those contain probiotics.
2: Ah, that's, that's a good tidbit. All right. So a, a, a moment ago, you said something interesting. I, I, I want to sort of circle back to it. And that is, you said there's probiotics that can help you with your mood. Mm. So uh, I know there's a connection between sort of your gut health and your brain health. Do you want to talk about it, a bit about that?
3: Yeah, so there's something known as the vagus nerve. So you want to think of it as the highway that goes for our brain from our brain to our gut. And when one is unhappy, the other one is unhappy, and vice versa. So that's why it's really important that we address digestion and the microbiome. So it also helps to keep our brain really healthy. So there's a woman. Um, her name is Dr. Uma Naidu, and I've interviewed her a couple of times. And she wrote a book called "This Is Your Brain on Food." She's a psychiatrist, and she explains the gut-brain connection in great detail and offers tips on how to eat and feed our gut and supplements to take accordingly. She's an absolutely brilliant doctor. And I highly recommend checking out her book and you, you can find it on Amazon. But really, the important thing is, is making sure that, you know, now we're looking at our, at our gut, we now know that serotonin is made primarily in our gut, right? So things that affect our mood, or that affect our brain, now everything is so interconnected that we can't just look at one or the other. You, look at, you have to look at everything together, and that's why nourishing our gut microbiome is so important for our overall health as well as our mental health and our brain health.
2: Okay, so if everything you, you've said is true, then we should really be trying to make sure that we get the best probiotics we can, Right. So, hmm, definitely. So, so how, would you, how would you go about choosing the right probiotics?
3: So number one, I would look for one that is enteric-coated. So enteric-coating is important because everything we eat has to survive our stomach, right, to get to our intestines. Right. And our stomach is high in acidity, which is designed to break down our food and also go after foreign bacteria, good or bad. So enteric-coating allows the probiotics or those good bacteria to get where it needs to go. It's an extra layer of protection that ensures the probiotics get to our gut, and then it survives all of that acidity. The other thing is refrigeration. So if we don't buy a refrigerated probiotic, then you're risking getting less of a variety of good bacteria because delicate bacteria die off faster. So, for example, bifidobacterium dies off after three months of no refrigeration. So keeping them cold just helps them to last longer. I mean, think of it like, think of probiotics like produce. If you keep them in the fridge, they last longer and stay fresher, right? So when it comes to buying or looking for probiotics in the store, like enteric coating, refrigeration, multi-stream, like we talked about a little earlier, all of that is important to take into consideration.
2: Okay, time for one last question, and that is, Mm -hmm. is there a brand that you would recommend?
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of New Roots I think they've got a broad range of products that you can choose from. And their probiotic line has 14 different SKUs. So we know how we talked about earlier choosing one that has a specific – for a specific condition or issue or purpose. Well, they have – guaranteed in that 14 SKUs, they have one that's going to meet your needs. So you want to make sure that you, you can get it at a health food store. So they, sh- they sell them at health food stores across the country. You can go to their website, which is newrootsherbal.ca, and you can check out the different type of probiotics that they have. And all their probiotics are coated, and they're refrigerated and they're multi-strain.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
3: Thanks for having me, Jamie.
2: That was Andrea Donsky. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss how peanuts can help with cognition and reduce anxiety on the tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang formulations are created on their 40,000-square-foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca.
3: You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio.
2: Welcome back. Dr. Samara Sterling is a nutrition scientist with expertise in the use of plant-based nutrition for the prevention and treatment of chronic diseases. She currently serves as the research director for the Peanut Institute and has also worked as a nutrition consultant for various community-based nutrition projects. She holds a bachelor's degree from Stony Brook University, a master's degree from Andrews University, and a PhD from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Sterling. How are you?
0: I'm doing well.
2: Thanks for having me, Jamie. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you on the show today because there's uh, some new studies that have come out, and I thought you could help us with that. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Of
2: course. So there's some findings uh, from a study conducted at the University of Barcelona. What what, what were the findings there?
0: Well, this research was actually really exciting. Uh, It was a study that was done in Barcelona, like you said, in 63 healthy college students. There were three groups that were uh, in the study. One group ate peanuts, the second group ate peanut butter, and then there was a control group. And what the researchers were looking at was how does the impact of peanuts and peanut butter affect cognition? And what this study found at the end of six months was that the folks who ate peanuts and peanut butter had lower anxiety scores, they had better memory, so there was an improvement in short-term memory, and then overall there were lower depression scores as well seen in the study population, so really a exciting
2: news there Wow can you explain a little bit more about cognition functions of aided memory uh, ex- executive function and processing speed like what does it mean for the, like the college students that were that were part of the study?
0: Sure, and that's a good question. So when we talk about cognition, that includes all of our mental processes that help us to understand and to, to gain knowledge. So it includes things like thinking and knowing and remembering. So in this study, uh, things like immediate memory, this is what we call our working memory or our short-term memory. And this allows us to retain pertinent information in the, in the short-term. Executive function, that's sort of a, a set of complex skills that allows us to set goals, uh, and it is. It includes functions like paying attention, organizing, planning, starting tasks, and basically being able to complete complete them or execute them. And then processing speed is the time that it takes us to process and react to information that's coming into our brains. So with these definitions, it's easy to see how that can relate to students and even professionals. Having sharp memory can help you recall information and commit it to memory more easily. For example, for a test that you might need to take. improving executive function for example that can help you to carry out class projects that you need to organize and plan and pay attention and then of course having great processing speed that's good for things like timed exams where you're able to read what's required and process that quickly
2: Hmm, makes sense so what is it that's in the peanuts and the peanut butter that's delivering these benefits
0: Yeah, you know, there are a few nutrients in peanuts and peanut butter that help with cognition. And we've been starting to see this for a while, for a few years in different studies. So, for example, peanuts contain a host of vitamins and minerals. Uh, Some of those include niacin uh, and vitamin E. Peanuts are an excellent source of niacin and a good source of vitamin E. And we found in previous research that eating foods that are high in niacin and vitamin E is associated with a 70% reduced risk of cognitive decline or Alzheimer's as we age. Peanuts are also a really good source of resveratrol. A lot of people don't know this because typically when you think of resveratrol, which is an antioxidant, we usually see this in red wine or grapes. It's one of the reasons why people like wine because of the resveratrol. Well, peanuts are also a really good source of that, and that's been seen to be beneficial in fighting against Alzheimer's disease as well as other nerve degenerating disease and then what the authors found in this study was that there's a a particular antioxidant called p-cumeric acid that's in very high levels in peanuts and we've seen in other studies that it may even be able to target a neurotransmitter in the brain that regulates mood to decrease things like anxiety and depression so there are few nutrients and these are just uh, a couple of them that I've mentioned here in addition to the healthy fibers and fats that peanuts contain, all of these work together to improve cognition.
2: So the Barcelona study, is this the first research that's identified the stress reducing capabilities of peanuts?
0: Well, I've talked a little bit about some of the other studies before in terms of the components of peanuts, and we have had a few studies in the past, but here's what's new. This study was the first of its kind because it was done in healthy college students and included both peanuts and peanut butter. Most studies in the past would examine people with underlying health conditions and in those cases it's actually easier to identify the effects of a particular food. What makes this study unique is that it's actually harder to find benefits in someone who's already healthy. Uh, So if you're trying to include a food and see how it affects their health, if they're already healthy it's a little bit harder to see that. And this study was able to prove that. And then it was also the first study done in younger population. Usually we see this in older populations
2: well let's talk about older populations for a second so the study was with younger people but can we extrapolate the health benefits from this study to somebody that's older
0: Yeah, and that's a good question. So there was actually another study that came out earlier this year in June 2021, and it was in the Journal of Prevention of Alzheimer's Disease. And that study found that adults ages 60 to 80 years of age who did not include peanuts and peanut butter regularly in their diet, they were actually 30 to 50% more likely to do poorly on tests of cognition. And these tests were measuring things like learning and memory and processing speed, some of the things we talked about before. So some of the very same measures that we saw help with younger people in this study are the same measures that we're seeing from other studies may also help in older populations.
2: Okay, so we've talked about cognition and we've talked about memory. Are there other health benefits that peanuts and peanut butter may deliver?
0: Yeah, so there are a few more benefits. As you may or may not know, peanuts are a high-quality plant-based protein. So in a serving of peanuts, and I'm talking about literally just a handful of peanuts, you're getting 7 grams of high-quality protein. And uh, in 2 tablespoons of peanut butter, you're getting 8 grams of high-quality protein. We have over 19 vitamins and minerals and, of course, an array of polyphenols or antioxidants. And what makes peanuts unique is that it's just really that small amount that you need each day, you don't have to think about eating two to three cups of peanuts each day, just literally a handful can help you to reap those small but significant benefits. So we've seen in the research, for example, over 30 years of research has shown that peanuts are good for heart health. It helps with vascular function. So the function of your blood vessels can help to reduce heart disease risk. And then we're also finding that some of these very antioxidants in peanuts are also good for other diseases like certain cancers. And then peanut butter emerges as a star in the clinical setting to help to reduce risk of diabetes and maybe even helping to manage diabetes symptoms. So for a host of chronic diseases, we're seeing peanuts being able to help with those as well. and so adding the cognition to it is just amazing because you see that you're able to get so many benefits from just a small amount of peanuts each day.
2: Okay. Now let's talk about potential downsides. Like, I, you know, you hear about it, uh, that peanuts can be fattening. Can we sort of go over the fat content in peanuts? Is that something that, that you should be concerned about?
0: Yeah, and you know, a lot of people do think that uh, peanuts are fattening, and this really comes from the 1990s, you know, we thought that just because foods had fat that they would uh, make us gain weight, but in fact, the research shows the quite opposite, quite the opposite, uh, in that eating peanuts regularly actually helps with weight management, so it actually helps to protect against obesity, doesn't necessarily cause obesity. One of the reasons for that and why we see that peanuts are so healthy is that Over 70% of the fats in peanuts and peanut butter are unsaturated fats. These are the good kinds of fats that the American Heart Association recommends for reducing risk of heart disease. And uh, over half of the total fats in peanuts are what we call monounsaturated fats. This is the same kind of fat that you find in olive oil and it's the same kind of fat that we see is beneficial for the body. So I don't think people need to worry about the fat too much. As long as you're eating that simple one ounce a day, handful a day, you're quite okay.
2: Okay. So let's, uh, let's sort of flip to the domestic side from the research side. What are some easy ways to incorporate peanuts and peanut butter into somebody's diet if they're not eating it already?
0: I think the great thing about peanuts uh, is that it's so simple, so easy, so versatile so economical that it can really go in many different dishes. So from savory to sweet breakfasts and lunches, I'll talk about one of my favorite ways to incorporate peanuts and peanut butter is through Power Bowls. Uh, Power Bowls are becoming very popular because they're easy to make. All you need is a grain of your choice, so brown rice, quinoa, a protein, uh, vegetables on the side. I love things like roasted peppers, roasted bell peppers, sweet peppers, potatoes, and then uh, a sauce. And what we have, one of the recipes that we have on our website includes garbanzo beans, quinoa, roasted brussels sprouts, sweet potato, and a Thai peanut sauce as the dressing super simple, super quick. A lot of people don't realize that peanuts go well in savory dishes as well as sweet dishes. So you can use them for desserts like a banana bread, or you can use them in a savory dish such as a pad thai. We have all these recipes on our website if you visit www.peanutinstitute.com. And again, of course, eating peanuts as a snack is a really quick way to do that each day. I carry that around when I travel. And of course, a pb. DJ is always a good way
2: to go. Easy peasy. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Thanks again for having me.
2: That was Dr. Samara Sterling. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss cooking with cranberries on The Tonic. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Is joint pain keeping you from enjoying your favorite activities? New Roots Herbal can help. Whether it's reducing acute pain and chronic inflammation or rebuilding worn-down cartilage, discover joint pain relief, Inflaheal Plus, and chondroitin glucosamine from New Roots Herbal. Only the highest quality natural ingredients tested for purity and potency in an ISO-accredited lab. Available exclusively at your local health food store. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label.
3: This is The Tonic on Zuma Radio.
2: Shauna Lindzen is a dietitian and nutritionist. She's a program developer and nutrition leader at Wellspring Cancer Support Network and enjoys seeing clients virtually and doing corporate wellness lectures. She runs practical cooking demonstrations that combine scientific knowledge with culinary education. Her demonstrations are unique, informative, delicious, and a lot of fun. And you can find a list of her nutrition classes and recipes at shaunalinzen.com. Welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm really good, Jamie. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. It was recently Thanksgiving. And and of course, what that means is everybody trots out the cranberries, which is great because I happen to like cranberries with poultry. But uh, there's nutritional benefits to those cranberries too, right?
1: Yeah. There's actually nothing like a cranberry. If you think about popping like a whole cranberry into your mouth, Mm -hmm. it's so tart. And that tartness is actually a good thing nutritionally because they have something called polyphenols, which are healthy plant chemicals. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the connection between cranberries and urinary tract infections. Yes. Yeah. So if you ask people what are cranberries good for, typically people know that, Mm -hmm. but they don't know the reason. So the reason is what they do is the chemicals actually prevent the bacteria from sticking to the urinary tract wall. So it specifically is healthy for your urinary tract system. But there's also, I didn't know this until I started to research it. Your mouth has the same type of system where if you eat cranberries, the substance will stick to the teeth and help prevent the bacteria. So it will help prevent you from having too much bad bacteria in your mouth, causing bad breath. Oh, okay. Have you heard of that?
2: No, I did not. So that's good. really interesting. If you don't have mint, just like, you know, coat your teeth with cranberry.
1: With cranberry. I guess it's, <laughs> you know, you could do cranberry juice. But the problem with cranberries is since they're so tart, you do have to sweeten them. So you don't want to have, let's say, too many dried cranberries because they're processed with lots of sugar, which will, if we're talking about dental health, that will obviously affect your teeth and cause dental cavities.
2: Yeah. And and also, I think it's worth noting there's a difference between cranberry cocktail and cranberry juice, right?
1: Yes. I'm happy you brought that up because pure cranberry juice is very tart. And when they make a cranberry cocktail, what they often do is they mix a bunch of juices together. So it will be like apple juice or pear juice, any really sweetened juices, they'll pair with the cranberry juice to sweeten it up.
2: Yeah. And it usually isn't the expensive stuff like apple or pear. It's usually the grape juice, which, which has a lot of sugar in it.
1: So. A lot of sugar. Most of them do have a lot of sugar. And it's true. Like if it's usually they actually call that cranberry cocktail. Yeah. And it's mainly not cranberry juice. No. So They're, yeah, yeah. They,
2: I think they wave a cranberry on top of it or something. That's <laughs> how they get to call it cranberry cocktail. They get to
1: call it cranberry juice. They put like quarter of a cranberry in there.
2: So how do you buy cranberries then? What's the best way of doing that if you're looking in the store?
1: So, yeah, especially in October and November, you're going to see them in the fresh produce department. And if you do buy them in the bags in the fresh produce department, you can actually just throw those in the freezer. You don't have to do anything to them. And the other place you'll find them all year round is in the freezer department. Mm -hmm. So you can buy bags of frozen cranberries, and then you'll also see year-round dried cranberries, which have been processed with some sort of sweetener, and these are usually in the bulk department or the nuts and seeds department. And lastly, cranberry sauce, right? Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, there are some cranberry sauces out there that are literally just Jelly, yep. like you can't even see the cranberry. It's it's literally one big block of gel. It looks like the cam when you plop it out. Yep. And I don't think I've ever even bought that. Have you ever bought that?
2: I don't know. I mean, not willingly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like some people prefer it. To me, that is in cranberry sauce. Like like we've been making cranberry sauce for a long time, and once you have the real stuff, like that gloppy, jelly, I don't know, jello type stuff. It's weird. It's it's, it's, it's another food product. It's not really. It's so
1: processed. But the real cranberry, once you, you actually, you have to sweeten it, right? Like you can't just pop them in your mouth. I've actually tried to dehydrate cranberries myself Mm -hmm. to make a dried kind of crunchy cranberry. And they're almost inedible. Like they're extremely tart.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you acknowledge that you're going to have to sweeten them, I guess the next question is what's the best way of doing it, right? Yeah.
1: So there's a few ways. So I think people are a bit scared of making cranberry sauce because if they read recipes, they see that even on the bag of the cranberries, there's probably a recipe to dump a cup of sugar into a pot with some water with the cranberries. And that's kind of your traditional homemade cranberry sauce. My way of doing it would be to add different fruit for the sweetness, maybe some chopped apples or chopped pear, and then add some, citrus zest, like lemon zest Mm -hmm. or orange zest, delicious. And then even add some nuts like walnuts. And if you add all of these other flavoring agents, you can actually reduce the quantity of sugar.
2: Are you still putting sugar in?
1: Uh, You still have to put a little bit of sugar in just to kind of get the texture of the sauce. So you can dramatically reduce the sugar from, let's say, I don't know, two or three cups of cranberries, I would still put, let's say, quarter of a cup of any type of sugar, like sugar equals sugar equals sugar, but the taste is different if you do maple syrup, for instance. Mm-hmm. People may even do honey, but I think maple syrup is a really good option.
2: I like brown sugar with it personally.
1: Yeah, brown sugar is a great idea. And last year, I actually came up with this really cool recipe where I roasted the cranberries with a drizzle of maple syrup. Mm -hmm. And you could do that with brown sugar in the oven. And what happened was the maple syrup kind of sunk into the cranberry while it roasted. Mm -hmm. So I only put. I don't know, a tablespoon of the maple syrup over a few cups of the cranberries. And as I said, I mixed that with apples and then you put some orange zest. So I think that's kind of the nouveau way of cooking cranberries if you don't want to, if you really don't want to overdo the sugar. Roast them up with some fresh cut up fruit and some maple syrup and cinnamon.
2: With the maple syrup in there, did you roast at a lower temperature so it didn't burn?
1: No, it's interesting because with the maple syrup, because the cranberries do have water content, and if you put another, let's say apples or pears, they have a high water content, it does not burn. And I would put it on 425 even, like I would go high.
2: Okay, and did the, so like when you make the cranberries like in a pot, they, they pop, right? They pop and they're full of juice and pectin which kind of thickens the sauce. Mm-hmm. What happens when you roast them? Do they pop the same way or do yeah. you? Okay. the
1: same thing happens where they kind of pop open, they release their juice, and then as I said, the maple syrup like seeps into it and flavors them. And they're a little tart, but it's if you do the pear or the apple, it really offsets the tartness and it's, it's a very pleasant tartness. And I would, I actually call that a yogurt topper. Like I make that in bulk, put it in the fridge and use that over Greek yogurt, over oatmeal. It's quite delicious.
2: We were doing something similar to that, except the ratio is probably different. We were making applesauce, but using the cranberries to sort of color the applesauce. Yes, smart. So more apples, less cranberries, but probably similar taste.
1: Yeah, and if you do very sweet apples, you get that tartness. It's a really good pairing. And I'm sure you put some um, orange zest or some sort of citrus in
2: it. Yeah, you know, sometimes we'll have like orange juice concentrate that's in the freezer, that maybe a spoonful of that will go into the cranberry sauce. Yeah, that's
1: smart because it sweetens it as well as it gives it like some depth of flavor.
2: Yeah. Uh, I
1: like that idea. Good idea.
2: Thanks. I have a few. Um, (laughs) Any other cranberry recipes you want to tell us about?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because if you you do a Google search of cranberry recipes, you'll see sweet as well as savory. So on the sweet side, you'll have the cranberry sauce, a cranberry fruit crisp. Last night, I actually was inspired because I knew we were going to be talking about this. I was inspired to make a crisp with... Apples, cranberries, and frozen cherries. Oh, nice. And then I did a beautiful nut topping with some almond flour and walnuts and cinnamon and dried ginger. Delicious. Mm. came out really nicely. And then cranberries you could add fresh or dried into cakes and scones and that type of thing. And when you get into the savory recipes, usually cranberries are paired with cheese like a brie. Mm-hmm. Think about like a, cra- a brie wheel with cranberry sauce. It goes really well. We we and- had
2: this recipe that we would do in the night it was back in the 90s. It was called cranberry chicken where you'd brown chicken and then you would take it out create a cranberry sauce in the pan and then like slow bake the browned chicken in the cranberry sauce.
1: Isn't that delicious probably with some balsamic vinegar? Yeah,
2: yeah, and the the chicken juices would meld with the cranberry. So it was delicious. A, it, was, it was a savory application.
1: It's funny cuz I think I had a recipe like that where I put like fresh thyme in it. So if you think about the balsamic with the thyme, with the cranberries, the chicken, it melts, as you said, with the pectin, like it kind of thickens it, yep. makes a beautiful
2: sauce. And it was a favorite with the kids too, right? Because like, you know, it's like fruit sauce on chicken. Wow. You know, so it was, oh.
1: Yeah. And it's really yummy now that I think about it, like leftover chicken. You can make like a chicken salad with the cranberry sauce and make a sandwich and slather the cranberry sauce like you would mayonnaise.
2: Well, there's a bunch of businesses in Boston that make Thanksgiving sandwiches, right? So it's turkey stuffing and cranberry sauce on bread. It's oh, on it's, there. It's Delicious. Actually, yeah, you have to go to their market. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, they have a bunch of stalls there that make it. We have to go. That's all the time we have today. What do you want to talk about next month?
1: Let's talk about whole foods versus processed foods versus ultra processed foods and the health benefits.
2: Hmm, okay. Sounds good. That was Shauna Lindzen. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the Pine River Foundation on the tonic. The Big Carrot is a worker owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. Hi, I'm Jamie Buss, and I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show and podcast, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's a health and wellness publication distributed with the Globe and Mail to each and every home subscriber in Toronto west of Victoria Park. And it can be found free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA. You can learn more about Tonic Magazine at tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic talk show, check out the new look of Tonic Magazine.
3: This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio.
2: My next guest, Peter Neal, together with his brother, Chris, own and operate Neal Brothers. Peter oversees Neal Brothers brand development, marketing, and sales. In his role, he leads partnership, sales, distribution, and all marketing and communication activities. They recently celebrated their 30th anniversary a little while ago, and he and Chris went coast to coast delivering 30 acts of goodness to deserving Canadians. When away from his desk, he relentlessly pursues the world looking for what's next in the food industry to delight Canadians. Welcome to the show, Peter. Good to have you back.
4: Great to be back and I am honored and appreciative of the ability to or the opportunity to come and speak with you again.
2: Well, always a pleasure. And today we're going to talk about something different. I gave you that big lead in, you know, with your leadership in the food industry, but we're going a different direction, right?
4: Yes. Something a little more personal.
2: So we're talking about the Pine River Foundation. Can you explain what that is?
4: Yeah, the Pine River Foundation is set up in order to, you know, of course, fund and help, you know, improve through funding. Pine River Institute, which is located in Shelburne, Ontario. It is a a one-of-a-kind, literally one-of-a-kind in North America, youth residential facility that helps youth with a mental addiction drug and alcohol addiction and it's an amazing organization it was it was built on a similar system in the u.s called the evoke system and it's uh, near near to our heart our our daughter our middle daughter spent 20 months there getting incredible help and as, as did the rest of our family
2: good i like personal stories explain for those who might not appreciate it what makes pine river different from other treatment facilities
4: yeah, I think there are a lot of, you know, I think if anyone who has been through the mental health system in Canada or, or beyond would recognize the fact that there are a lot of sort of band-aid solutions out there. You know, there's um, psychiatry, psychology, there are you know, a number, litany of, of different drugs that can be used, and but they all seem to be somewhat disparate and, and not connected and certainly not comprehensive. So one of the things, you know, one of the things that really sets Pine River apart is, you know, that you have to agree. Our daughter had to agree to go. Um, mm-hmm. There's no set amount of time, but typically it's, um, you know, twelve to eighteen months. Our daughter was there a bit longer, and um, it's based on five stages. So you know, these these kids come into the program, literally. You know, we 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 met the uh, therapist in a in in the winter in a. Uh, in the parking lot of a burger shack, uh, burger place up in Shelburne. And they were strip searched and taken away into the woods. Um, and that's the start of the program. It's called The Woods. It's an outdoor program for anywhere between three and, and, and you know, sort of six or seven, eight weeks. Our daughter was in there for quite a bit, period of time. Um, and they are left to their own, really. They've got, you know, other kids with them and, and certainly surveillance or, or supervision. But it's an opportunity to really weed themselves off a number of different toxic behaviors or situations that they may have found themselves in. Uh, and once they f- feel that they are in a, in a place in order to be, you know, I think open and, and vulnerable and congruent, they're moved into the facility in Pine River um, in Shelburne. And from there, it's a series of stages that these, these kids need to go through and, you know, quote unquote, pass to get to the next level and there's um, intense therapy that happens and you know along the way they, they are also living and socializing and if needed doing you know whatever education continuum that they need to do so our daughter graduated from high school at Pine River and um you know it it, the other the other interesting thing about pine river is that it you know not only is it this long comprehensive program where these these kids are living in the facility and receiving daily treatment uh the family has to so my wife and i tried to agree to what's called the parallel process and we had to we had to ensure that we were involved anywhere from 30 to i'd say 50 hours per month in total time committed to to pine river so whether it was once a week with with other adults in Toronto, or it was going up every Sunday, or getting involved in intensive programs. We were involved in a seventy two hour retreat. It was an intensive program looking at family of origin with five or six other couples that we didn't know, and you know, it, it, incredibly challenging situation where you know suddenly you're, you're 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 you know divulging your whole life to these people and um, these strangers, um, and you know, a whole lot of tears and a whole lot of really challenging times trying to reach back and figure out, you know, sort of where you came from and what has affected you and your family and really what has affected your parenting and, and why you're in that relationship and why you're in that situation with your child.
2: So it isn't just support the the parental role, like you're, you're getting treatment as well, I guess.
4: Yeah, we're learning maybe some of what our shortcomings were um, and understanding of where our, our, our child was coming from in order to find a place whereby we could you know get ourselves into a better situation from a a relationship standpoint it was incredibly tricky but um you know these people who are working there day in day out 24 hours a day literally you know watching these kids working with these kids just um you know i always say you couldn't pay me enough but you know my wife and i Larry and i um just called these people angels they were our saviors and you know after after 20 months uh, and then follow up after the program we learned a lot about ourselves we learned about a lot about relationships in general um, let alone what we needed to do from a relationship standpoint with with our daughter who for 15 20 years had been an incredibly you know difficult um, experience. It was a very difficult experience living with her, and it was a very difficult experience for her just living. Um, and there were many times where we didn't know if that was going to continue happening. She went through hell and back, and, and thank goodness to Pine River, it, it literally saved our lives and our daughter's life, her family for sure. And it has continued to save and help treat um, hundreds and hundreds of kids who otherwise would have been on the street. So. You know, the payback to society is, is immense, um, let alone what it's done from an emotional standpoint to, to put families back together and, and help people become better, more um, congruent citizens in, in, in our communities.
2: Yeah, that is a fantastic story. So I mean, for you, you could see the results in, in the success of your daughter and, and how you and, and your wife, Lara, felt. For somebody who's sort of looking at it as a, as a third party, are, are there measurables? for the work that's done at Pine River? Like, is there a way to quantify what they're doing?
4: Yes, absolutely. They've they've taken on some of that. They've hired some of that out from a third party to look at the impact, to look at the return on investment. It is an expensive program. And, you know, for us, we were fortunate enough to be in a position to be able to, you know, have our daughter in there sooner than later because we were in a private bed, quote, quote unquote, a bed that we paid for. But, you know, I think, you know, more and more, experts in the mental health field have recognized the kind of work that Pine River is doing to the, to the extent that we just received grant from the um, Ontario government of just over $4 million dollars and then you know they rec- and they recognize, and they you know they you know they need to be accountable for for that kind of money. They need to be accountable to positive impact and empirical data showing um, the kinds of success rates that they've had. you know when I, while I was there, a friend of a friend who's on a foundation for their family you know asked about wh- what I was going through, um, understood what I was going through because they'd been through it with their own child, but hadn't ever heard of or found Pine River and turned around and literally donated $2 million of their own family foundation money to build a new wing. And that is uh, actually a totally separate building for the, for the girls' dorm. So now the boys and the girls are separated, which is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, when you're talking about your experience, you're using past tense like your daughter was there. Have you had an opportunity to visit Pine River recently?
4: Yes, just in the last two weeks. In fact, I, I brought a number of friends, close old friends, who are in a position to help financially and gave them a tour through the facility. And it was the first time since my daughter left 19 months ago. So December of 2019 It's the first time I'd been there since she was released. Now, part of that is COVID and, and, and an inability to visit, It's not exactly, you know, open and welcoming customers or, yeah. or, 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 or tours. Yeah. And it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful fall day. Um, we saw the new girls dorm um, and we're just absolutely blown away by it. And what they continue to do at Pine River, serve more and more kids. So when we were there, there were just over 30 beds and they're going to close to 70 beds now. Um, And that is absolutely incredible because the waiting list is year two, three, four for these families are waiting and in desperation to get some real help for their kids because a weekly psychiatry uh, appointment or a weekly whatever they're doing, CBT, DBT, whatever work they're doing with with medication is, um, in often cases like ours, um, not enough. And, you know, there's just so many very, very challenged, hurting families, when we start to realize more and more that mental health is, is you know, akin to many other diseases that affect and can kill, you know, we, we need to double down, and, and places like Pine River need, need the attention and, and need the funding, and, and that's what we're trying to do right now. We're actually trying to build a new dining hall to accommodate all those beds, and we've been honored, and, you know, my wife and I and my family are incredibly humbled to know that they are naming it Neal Hall. And uh, that is, uh, as you can imagine, it's uh, emotional hearing that, and it's um, you know really spurred my wife and I on to bring in more and more funds for Pine River and to make all this you know happen for these kids who are so much in need.
2: What's the website people should go to if they're interested in, in contributing?
4: Yeah, it's Pine River Institute. That's an, an easy Google one. And at, at my fingertips, I do not have the actual website in front of me, and I apologize.
2: We'll put it on the show notes. Don't worry about Thank it.
4: Thank you. Yeah. Pine River Institute in Shelburne, Ontario, and the Pine River Foundation is um, the place to go.
2: Fantastic. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your personal story. It makes a difference. And, thank uh, you
4: very much. It means a lot to me that you would uh, you know reach out and give us, again, the voice to communicate such an important place. So thank you. That
2: was Peter Neal. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Andrea Donsky, Dr. Samira Sterling, Shauna Lindzen, and Peter Neal. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. The September-October issue is available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Basson, wishing you a healthy and happy week.